for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Acts chapter 3, are you there? Yes. Look at verse 19. It says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Notice it again. Repent ye therefore, that you be converted, your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing, say times of reflection. Say times of refreshing. Now notice, there are times of refreshing that come in your life, but I'm convinced it's only if you had the time of refreshing. Many people are not experiencing the times of refreshing because they've never had the time of refreshing to begin with. The church has thought that your main thing while you're here on earth is to avoid hell and go to heaven. So basically they lead most people down to the altar to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They give them a fire insurance policy so they won't be burned up when they die. They give them an escape thing and then once they send them back to their seats and they go on and try to be a Christian or try to plug in or try to do whatever. But I believe when you get born again there is an experience that happens. It's not just a little prayer that you pray out there, and now I'm a good little Christian, and I'm going to make it to heaven. There is something that happens when you really connect with heaven that changes your life in an instant, and no one has to tell you to do certain things. You just naturally start doing certain things and not doing certain things that you did before you were saved. Are you following me? Yeah. See, salvation for years is, what is salvation? I'm saved and going to heaven. But salvation is not saved and going to heaven. Salvation is receiving the Savior. Because when you receive the Savior, you've got everything that you need. If you need healing, you've got the healer. I mean, going to heaven ain't going to help you right now in your healing. It ain't going to help you in your finances. That ain't going to help you. We're all dying and going to heaven. But what are you doing now? What are you doing today? How are you going to have a time of refreshing when you never had a time of refreshing before? You can't have any more refreshings than that. So I believe God has in people's life an experience when they really connect with the kingdom of God. And when that experience happens, nobody can ever pull you out of it again. You know that you know that you know that you know that heaven is real, God is real, and something has changed in my life, praise God, and I'm going forward. There should be people around you, as soon as that day happened, look at you and say, what the heck is the matter with you? What happened to you? What, are you crazy? Are you going nuts? Did you lose something? Did you lose your mind? Did you do that? Did what? Why? Because you've had an experience. And once you've had that time, there'll be times of refreshing that come, and they don't come because you do anything, they just come. You know, you get out of the Bible for days because you're busy and not spend time with God or anything else. And all at once you'll be driving down the road and the presence of God will come on you. And you think, what the heck? Because once you step into the time, there are times of refreshing that God naturally gives you in your life. But you've got to have the time in order to do that. And by us teaching, just get saved and go to heaven. That's all there is to it. Many people, I don't believe, have ever had that time. I'm not saying they're not born again. I'm not saying they're going to heaven. But God wants to have a time with you. God wants to have a special time with you, and it, just because he had it with your grandma doesn't help you. Because he had it with your husband doesn't help you. Just because he had it with one of your kids doesn't help you. He's got a special experience for you personally in your life that will change your life in an instant, change you on the inside to a place where you'll be completely converted. You know your sins will be gone, and you'll be walking in a power and an anointing and a happiness and a joy that you never walked in before. But until you make that connection, you're going to go through life being just an ordinary religious Christian. You'll go to church for the wrong reason. You'll do things for the wrong reason. You'll just do things to try to serve God, try to help out God. And most of the things that Christians do in this day and age and most people who believe, basically they do things for God to try to get things from God. God, I've been serving you. Why haven't you did this? 
God, I've been doing this. Why can't I do that? Oh, that man was a wonderful man. He was just preaching all over the world. He was just the greatest man I ever saw, full of the power and the anointing. But he got sick and he died. I can't believe that God didn't reward him for everything that he did out there. And This isn't a reward system. This is a relationship system. Until you make that connection with relationship, most people don't seek God. They seek what God can do. Seek the things of God. Seek the works of God. Until you come to a place where you seek nothing but God. And you don't care what else is going around you. If money's tight, you don't care. You're seeking God. If something don't go right in your life, you don't care. You're still going to seek God. Because the Bible says God is good, not just when you're doing good. God is good all the time. So I'm going to seek something good all the time in my life. I don't want to seek somebody just because something's not going good. The church isn't going good. This person don't like me. This person's mad at me. No, I'm going to continue to seek God because I know God is the answer to everything that's in my life. Not his works, not what he does for me, not the money he brings in, not the healing he has in my body, but him. He's the one. So when you come into a place and seek that and you connect with that, you're going to find out that there's a time in your life that will be marked in your life. December 21st, 1985, about 9 o'clock in the evening, my life was marked once and for all, I'm telling you right now. Until that time, I was drinking up a storm. I was having fun with the world, but I wasn't happy because there was a void in my heart at that time. Everybody has a void. Everybody born into this earth because of what Adam did has a void in their heart, and the only thing that can fill that void in your life is God through the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Money won't do it. Cars won't do it. Fame won't do it. Fortune won't do it. Best basketball player in the world won't do it. Making it to the final four won't do it. None of these things will do it, but God filling that in your heart. So I'm telling you right now, everybody's addicted to something. Just because I was an alcoholic, you'd say, oh, you were an alcoholic. Well, what are you addicted to? Any worse than what you're addicted to, probably. You're addicted to the world. You're addicted to TV. You're addicted to things of the world. You're addicted to worry. You're addicted to fear. You're addicted to all these things. You're going to be addicted to something until you fill that void that's in your heart that fills that void. And then all at once, you won't be addicted to anything. You won't care anymore. Why is that? Because you found the thing that Adam lost in the garden, and that was a relationship in the presence of God where he could live there. I mean, that song really came up good this morning, Heaven on Earth. We were going to do another one or that one. We didn't know which one to do, but that one really fit in this morning and triggered on the inside of me. So I'll tell you what, there's a relationship with God that I never knew existed even though I was seeking God. So after 30 years of almost drinking, after 30 years of doing nothing, after 30 years of going to quit, after 30 years was going to change my life after all this, one day I got fed up. And at that time, I was a Catholic who went to church about once every three months. So I was a bad Catholic. But I went to church, and I, I knew the only thing that I could do was go to a confession. I had to change something. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of being drunk all the time. I was tired of missing something in my life. I was just fed up with everything. I wasn't happy even though I looked happy. I mean, you can, everybody looks happy on the outside, especially on church Sunday mornings. How are you? Blessed. I'm one blessed man this morning. Then you go home, kick your dog. Come on, strangle your wife. But in church, you were blessed and happy. See, and that's the kind of lifestyle that's being led when you don't make a connection. Listen, to me, you can't backslide before you foreslide. Everybody says, well, I'm a backslider. No, you never had the connection to begin with. You never slid up. You never had that experience with God. You never gave him your heart. You just gave him a, now I'm not going to heaven because I confessed my prayer. Well, good for you. 
but there's more for you and you're going to be judged on what you did down here to fulfill the reason that you were created to begin with and every single one of us here was created to do something on this earth whether you like it or not and if you just get plugged in that anointing of God that's in your life will go to work and you'll start doing something for God and you'll start being fulfilled now you'll start being, and it won't matter that, that the world's gone to hell in a handbasket it won't matter that they're passing this law or that long it won't matter you'll still be in peace and joy and you'll have power when you pray in those situations you'll be speaking the word of God with power because you're not in worry condemnation and all that stuff again so on December 21st 1985 I went to a Catholic church it was cold went in there sat down I was going to go to confession how many of you know what confession is you go to confession, but I hadn't been to church in so long that I didn't know you got to go behind a closed door with a thing slid there, and you talk to the priest through some kind of thing. Now they went to something called face-to-face, and my face was not ready <laughs> to go to face-to-face. It was more ready to stay in the box with the door closed and yell through the little holes in there, and bless me, bless me, bless me. So when I got there, I had a decision to make. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. There I sat on the row, and there's people going up and sitting in front of these two priests, and there I am, and all this stuff. And then I look up there, and one of the priests is my uncle. I'm thinking, oh, God, how did he get here? Why would they call him in? He doesn't even live here, for God's sakes. But it was that time of year, so I knew I wasn't going there. I didn't have to pray in tongues about that for 20 minutes. I was going to the other guy over here who apparently was a parish priest. So I'm sitting there, and I mean, people are walking in and walking in. How many know there's a battle that goes on when you're just about to make a connection with God? See, some of you think your battles are there just to screw you up. Those battles are for you to finally reach out and make that connection that you've been needing over the last 20 years so you stop your worrying and fearing about everything and you break out of that into another level or a new realm with God because it's available to each and every one of us. How many know he's just not doing this for one person and not another person? So I waited, and 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 I wanted to go last because I was trying to think of, did you ever try to think of all the sins you did for 30 years? I don't think a computer would have helped. I'm trying to think of all these things I got to say because, you know, I want, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to dump everything. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it all. So I'm sitting here, and I'm going through this, and people keep coming in, coming in, and every time they get down to about the last one, and I'm shaking and sweating. I got my coat off. It's... 20 degrees and I'm sweating in church because I'm so nervous and I get about ready to go another little old lady would walk in the back I'd say my god another woman walks in here I'm going to punch her out praise god I can't get ready for that and they walk up the aisle and they go into confession and just about you hear the door squeak again you know those old doors up there I say here comes somebody out there Jesus and finally it got down to the end and finally I went up there and I mean he, he probably took one look at me and thought that he was going to have to raise me from the dead praise god because I was sweating, I was shaking, but I wanted to change. I wanted to change. I didn't care what the cost was. I didn't care what it mattered. I wanted to change in my life. I knew there had to be more, for God's sakes, than a bottle. I knew there had to be more there, so I walked up there, and he's sitting in a chair, and I sat down in front of him, and I said, I haven't been here in a long time. I haven't did this in over 10 years. Don't really know what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. I think I'm supposed to start with something like, bless me, Father, because I made some sins or whatever. And he said, you're doing fine, my son. And he said, how long has it been since your last confession? I said, I have no idea. He said, okay. <laughs> Praise God, we'll skip that question and move right on. And he said, what sins would you like to say? And I said, well, we can start with, and he stopped me. He stood up and put his finger on my lips just like this. And he's, he didn't do that. That would have been the devil trying to keep me from doing that, praise God. That was a good example, hallelujah. And he just stood up, had me stand up, and he looked at me and said, I don't care what you did, son, welcome home, God loves you. And when he did, he reached around and gave me a big hug, and I'll tell you when he hugged me, the power of God. 
I didn't even know what it was. Hit my life, man. I mean, there was goosebumps on top of my goosebumps on top of the elephant bumps that were below the two goosebumps. I mean, every hair stood up. There was a connection that I made with God that I knew that for the first time in my life that not only did God real, but God actually loved me. Can you believe that? You got to be nuts. But God actually loved me. And when I left there, I mean, the grass was green, but now it was greener. The flowers were red, but now they were redder. I went back home. Ooh, man, I stride in my step, went in the house. Instant change on the inside of me. All at once, I didn't want to go out drinking anymore. All at once, I was there every night. All at once, my wife was waitressing, working two jobs at that time. She'd come home from waitressing, and I'd never be there. And all at once, there I was. And all at once, she looked in the kitchen, and the dishes were done. And all at once, she came home, and supper was made. And all at once, she came, and the bed was made. And all at once, she came, and, and she said, what the heck? This isn't who I married. This guy's nuts. What's the matter with him? He's crazy. Because the adjustment was so great to what she was used to. But let me tell you, there was a notice. There was a notice with my friends. You want to go out drinking? Sure, I'll meet you at the bar, but I'm going to drink Pepsi. Oh, sure you are. (laughs) And we'd get there and they'd be chugging them things down. I'd just be drinking Pepsi away, drinking it away. And we'd be there for several hours, play cards or whatever. And then I'd learn it like at 7, 7, 6 o'clock in the morning to call them the next morning. I feel great. How do you feel this morning? What are you doing? Call me. I got it. You know I feel terrible. I'm hungover. I'm... That's too bad because I feel good this morning. Praise God. I might go into work a couple hours early today. Praise God. Just to do a little bit more. You know, there was a change, but people could see the change. I could see the change. My wife definitely saw the change. And it was an adjustment even for my wife to adjust to who I had become in that situation because that's not who I was at the whole time. I'm telling you right now, if you've had a connection with God, there should have been a change in your life by now. You cannot go around cussing all the time and tell me you've had a connection with God. I'm sorry. You cannot go around and sleep around and tell me you had a connection with God. You cannot be living in a relationship that doesn't, isn't godly and tell me that you've got a connection with God. Because once you connect with God, you can't do that anymore. You know that God's real. You know that God's present. You know that God's there. And everything gets easier for you. Your prayer gets easier for you. Going to church is a delight to go to church. I can't figure out why people fight going to church. I'm telling you what. For 30 years, I've been going to church every single time I had an opportunity to go to church. Whether I had to drive 25 miles or two hours up to Benny Hens, we went to church because I wanted to be there with brothers and sisters who loved God. But in order to do that, you've got to have this one time, praise God, where that connection is made with God. I don't know if you've had it or you haven't had it, but if I'm telling you what, if you want it, it's there. It's there. God wants it more than you want it. He wants to make that connection. He sent his only begotten son so you'd make that connection so it would change your life, so it would change the inside of you. It's not just one little touchy experience. It is a connection that never goes. And you read the Bible, and everybody in the Bible who was, who was highlighted had an experience with God. Something changed. You've got Moses who basically knows that he's called of God, knows what he's supposed to do. So he goes out and tries to do it on his own, starts killing Egyptians who mess around with some of his people. I mean, no, that didn't work out very well. So he's got to be thrown in a, in a desert for 40 years. There he is, still called of God, still everything. But one day he walked outside his tent and there was a bush burning. Right. And the bush was burning, but the bush wasn't burning. I mean, no, that would get your attention. That would get your attention. So he sees that. And all at once, there's an experience that starts with God. I'll tell you what, sometimes there's going to be things in your life. They don't have to be that leads you to that experience with God. Sometimes you'll get desperate enough to know it, and sometimes you'll just run into it. You don't have to get run over by a truck. No. Amen. Be in intensive care for four weeks and come out buried alive, then decide to have an experience with God. 
You can do that today. You can do that right now, like the song said. There's something available for you this very day. And I'll tell you what, it's going to change all that worry, all that stress, all that pressure that you're going through, trying to be a good Christian, trying to live a religious life, trying to do all this stuff. It just breaks all that stuff off of your life because the only thing that matters anymore is your relationship with him. And as long as I continue to have times of refreshing, another time of refreshing, Went to a funeral, flew out Tuesday night, all day, funeral stuff, Wednesday, came back Thursday morning, rushed around, went over to Lake Wales to watch a baseball game, spent all day over there tomorrow, flew back last night, had something that she had gone on last night, got back last night, got up, and I get up in the morning, and the last thing I think is the presence of God is going to be anywhere in sight. You know, I haven't prayed, I haven't taken time to read the Word, I'm two days behind in my daily readings now. But you know, he didn't care. When I got up this morning, the presence of God hit me right there in bed. He's so faithful. I'll tell you what, he wants that experience so bad. Even when you try to disconnect through your stupidity, he'll connect you right back up anyway. And sometimes we get too busy, but it's not based on what we do. It's based on his desire to be with you and your hunger to be with him. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, I'll tell you what, the Bible says you shall be filled. But if you ain't going to hunger and thirst for it, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. But God wants that special relationship with you this morning. I pray that you had it. So Moses sees a burning bush, praise God. How many know that scared him? Says, I can't do anything. I can't talk. And God will say, I'll be your mouth. Don't worry about it. I'll give you a rod. Everything will be fine. I can do it. And here's this poor, poor little Moses all at once who didn't know what to do or how to fulfill his call or what to do. He knew he was called to something all at once. Had an experience with God. He had a time with God. Then times of refreshing come. I mean, they come to a king who's ruling the whole earth or that whole world at that time, and there he is, and this little guy who couldn't talk to anybody walks in and says, let my people go. What happened? He had a connection with God now. He changed. He wasn't a little meek and mild, couldn't talk Moses anymore. A power of God had come in his life, and he'd made connection with God, and he knew what God wanted, what he did. Gets to the Red Sea. What does he do? Stretches out the rod. See, we want miracles, but we don't want the connection. We want our healing. We don't want the connection. Prosper me. Get the connection. Once you got that connection with God, all those things that you wanted, you won't even want anymore. And it seems like that's when you get them. Does that make sense? It even makes sense to me. All the things you pursued your whole life, all at once you don't want anymore. And all at once you start getting those things. And you wonder what the heck happened. And what happened was you made a connection with him, who's your supplier, who's your daddy. We sang the song this morning. I mean, he's a good, good father. It's who he is, praise God. It's who he is. Hallelujah. So what happened to Moses then? I mean, Moses did his call. He stepped out. He did it in the power of God. He did it in the anointing of God. Read about him all over the place. But he had a connection. He had a time and he had an experience with God that changed his life. How about Paul? Paul's living his life killing Christians. Now, I got drunk, but I never killed any Christians. What he went around killing people who were in the church. That was his assignment. That's what he wanted to do. That's what happened. And all at once he's walking along and all at once this light comes from heaven, knocks him down. And the first thing he says is, who are you, Lord? He never said that before in his life. And if he did, he said it religiously. See, a lot of people's prayers are religious simply because they've never had the connection. He's not real. They're trying to make him real through their prayers, trying to make him real through what they do, trying to make him real. You can't make him real because he's real. See, he's a real person. He's real something there. And you can't connect with him and you're worried and you're in fear and you're in doubt and you're unbelief all the time, praise God. And you, you can't fight those things out of your life. You've got to connect those things out of your life. See, we fight them all the time. Well, I'm not going to worry anymore. That's it. How many of that will last for what? 15, 16 minutes? And here it comes again. Oh, I messed up. Made it 20 minutes that time. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. 
but I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> See, because we can't do these things in our own effort. It takes a connection with him, basically, to where you know he really is God. He is provider. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. And you are pursuing him and not the things that are in your life. It's so early, easy down here on earth, basically, to pursue the things of God, isn't it? Yeah. God, do, get, do this for me. Do that for me. All my prayers are gimme, 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 Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. We want it, we want it, we want it, we want it. But, but my prayer is just to get closer to him each and every day, to know more of his will in my life so that I can do more of his will in my life. There's a prayer that Paul put, what was it, in Colossians, that you pray to get the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I could walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that I may be fruitful in every good work. Not, I need a new car, Lord, thank you. I need a new house, Lord, thank you. I need a spouse, Lord. See, it's in the pursuit of him that everything else is filled in your life. And that comes through that original experience. But until there's a hunger, until there's a hunger for him and not a fire insurance policy just not to go to heaven. Most people get saved just so they, so they praise God, can, can go to heaven. That's what they do. I want to go to heaven. That's it. Well, it's more than that. It's a relationship. Your daddy wants a relationship with you, praise God. He wants it close. There's a connection for you to do that. But it's something that you have to reach out to do. So Moses was basically changed. Paul was changed. All at once, Paul, who's killing Christians, all at once becomes one. Yeah. And he can't go back to the old people because they're trying to kill him. And he can't go to the new people because they don't want to bother with him because he was killing them. So Paul ain't got nobody. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. I mean, that's the only friend he had. Come on, nobody wanted him. We want to come. I want to come preach at the church. Are you crazy? Lock the doors. Put the bars up. Paul's coming. Goes back to the other people. They won't put him in a basket and kill him. What happened? There was a change. Something happened. There was a connection that were made. Something touched his life. Something to where God became real. Something whether Paul didn't care if he was shipwrecked. He didn't care if he was beaten. He didn't care if he was... I mean, sometimes I read about these old, you know, apostles and prophets and stuff, and they'd say, you know, renounce Jesus or we'll cut off your head, and they wouldn't do it, and they cut off their head. I, sometimes I wonder what I would do in that situation. Yeah. Well, we all talk big, don't we? Well, if I ever get in that situation, they can chop off my head. Well, let the sword come out. Jesus? Who's he? I've never been to Bible study. Bible? Is there such a book? See, we talk big, don't we? But they had something. They had a connection. They, they were with him. They knew who he was. There was something there that got them to a place where nothing else mattered in their life but them to do what he called them to do and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, heal the sick, cast out devils, and do whatever God wanted them to do to the point of death. Where they would even cut him, where they would imprison him. I mean, Paul went through a lot of stuff. How many of you know that? But he just kept going. He just kept going. He just kept going. He just kept going. And then all at once God says, you're going to go before Caesar. And how many know he believed it when God spoke something? So, they, I mean, they get to a place where they're going to be shipwrecked and all die. And Paul says, don't worry about it. We ain't all going to die. I've got to get to Caesar. I can't die now. I got, God already told me I'm going to get over here to Caesar. So I'm not going to die. And then he tells them, eat. They're all seasick, can't eat anything, can't keep it. Eat, take bread and eat. He's stuffing it down his face, man. He's happy. And all of them look at him like, get shipwrecked on an island. Here's what religion does. Get shipwrecked on an island. What was it? Well, he got shipwrecked basically because of, basically he's of the devil. And then he gets bit by a snake. I told you he was of the devil. He's dead now. Now once he lives, he's of God. See, if you're living in religion, you can't make up your mind. 
Well, that was a blessing. Well, that was a curse. Well, they're blessed. Well, they're cursed. Well, they're of God. Well, they're not of God. Well, that was God. That wasn't God. That was the word of God. That wasn't the word of God. God's speaking to me. The devil's speaking to me. Everybody, you're all mixed up in religion. But when you make that connection, religion is going to start going out of your life because once you make that connection, you won't need anything to make that connection anymore. You won't have to struggle to make that connection. You have to do works to do that connection. You won't have to be good to make that connection because the connection's already been made. And you'll find out you made it doing absolutely nothing but seeking that connection that God wanted from day one in my life. People say, well, thank God you were an alcoholic. You'd have never had the connection. I could have had the connection at 10 if I wasn't so stupid. Right. <laughs> if somebody would have just told me about the connection. They told me what I had to do to get to heaven. Go to church, you're going to hell. Pray the rosary, you're going to hell. Do this or you're going to hell. So I did all those things. What for? To escape hell. That's why I did everything. Every work. I didn't care about God. I just didn't want to go to hell. I heard it was a bad place. Yeah, heard people weren't looking to go there, praise God. So what did I do? I wanted to go to heaven. So I did everything they told me to do to get to heaven. It was all in my efforts. It didn't do a darn thing in my life. It wasn't helping me in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't giving me a closer relationship to him. So I'm telling you, oh, drug people, I'm so glad I'm a drug addict. I was so glad I was this. I was so glad. But you didn't have to go through that, do you see? We make it sound like that unless you, unless you were an alcoholic or drug addict, you can't get to God. So we're going to pass out marijuana from now on at the church to get you all high so that you can have an experience with God. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Well, now, Pastor Tom, you can witness to all the alcoholics because you were one. You don't have to be one to witness to one, for God's sakes. If that's the truth, and Jesus is the most disqualified preacher in the entire earth, because as far as I know, he's never an alcoholic, never a drug addict, never had sexual problems, never had any of that stuff. That doesn't do it. You know where they're coming from, but you know how to get out. And claiming every day that I'm an alcoholic is not going to get you out. See, natural wisdom over here, helping everybody. No, not helping you. I mean, Smith Wigglesworth, if you read his book and some of the old people back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s in the healing revival, they said there was a time coming in the church where people will not be able to get healed anymore by God because they will not put their full trust in God. They'll put it in everything else out there and God. And he said, you cannot make the connection with God if you do that. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. It works that way. You have to either trust God or you don't. I Trust God for my finances. I just trust him. That's it. And sometimes money's good. Woo! Sometimes it's not so good. Ooh. But I'm still ooh-ooing. Either way, you know, God's got me covered. God's got my back. God's going to do it. As long as I'm doing my part of staying connected with him and spending time with him, everything's going to be fine in my life, praise God. It's going to be operated. The more you worry about it, the more you disconnect, the more you do that stuff, the further away you're getting from God. It's not going to work out in your life. You don't have to go through tragedy to get to God. Jesus' blood should have been enough to get you there without getting hit by the semi-truck. See, it's already been done. So at once, Paul's on fire, man. How many know he didn't backslide? If anybody had a chance to backslide, it would have been him. You put me in a prison in the inner stock with the rats and tie me up to the wall, I'd be thinking about maybe changing religions. But notice he never said, why are you doing this to me, God? No, he trusted in God, didn't he? The whole time he trusted him, he sang psalms to God. Hallelujah, praise God. Ollie, break my chains, oh, break my chains, oh, break my chains, oh, Lord. And what happened? When he stayed in that connection with God, there was no power in the natural realm on the earth that could do anything in his life because the power of God was active in his life. So you've got that power on the inside. We've been talking about the anointing, but it's got to stay active in your life. You've got to keep it flowing in your life. You've got a well in there, and you've got a river that comes out. But I'll tell you what, you clog up your well, you'll have no river. 
because a river comes from the well that's on the inside of you. And all these little distractions in the natural realm, all these things going on, trying to be a good Christian, trying to do things right, trying to, if you're trying and trying and trying, you need a connection. You need a connection with God because that connection will take all your trying out. It'll just be an experience for God. Let me just say this. He's real. He's real. We say he's real, but we don't really think he's around or do anything. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, do you ever think about the Holy Ghost in like for the next week until I preach on it again? Do you see what I mean? If he's real, he's real. If he's not, he's not. I'll tell you what, heaven is a real place. It's a real country. It's just like earth, only you can't see it. It's invisible up there. And when you got born again, you became a citizen of that country. That's my home country up there. This ain't my home, praise God. I'm a citizen down here. I have dual citizenship. I have citizenship here and citizenship up there, praise God. But my real citizenship is with heaven. And I've got divine rights that come from there. And I've got power that comes from there. And I've got victory that comes from there. And I've got finances that come from there. I mean, if worse comes to worse, he can dig up a chunk of the gold street and throw it down here for me. Come on. Can he get me $20? I think he can handle it as long as you don't seek the $20 and you seek him first in all your life. There's a burning bush experience, I believe, available for every person. I believe there's a knock you off your horse. I mean, look at Jesus. Jesus walked this earth for almost 30 years and basically he walked in the anointing, but he didn't do anything. He didn't deliver anybody. He didn't heal anybody. He didn't do anything. But all at once he made a connection. All at once he was baptized in the river of Jordan and the Spirit of God came upon him and lighted on him. And when that happened, praise God, his father said, this is my beloved son and we're going to have some fun today. That's my translation, of course. Well, he, he knew that the connection had been made now and the devil's kingdom was going to be brought back and broken down. I mean, sickness was going to go. Deliverance was coming. The power of God was going to be manifested in this earth like it was supposed to be to begin with until Adam messed up to begin with. And all at once, Jesus, who never healed a person, goes right out and starts casting out devils right off the bat. Praise God. It sends him into the wilderness for a little bit. It says he came back filled with the Spirit of God. Ten, ten verses later, it said, and then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in the wilderness. Oh, I've had another one of those weeks. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, every demon, every animal was chasing me down this week. But I stood, 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 stood. I don't want to be in the desert anymore. I like being filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's something better, and that's being in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that comes from a continual connection with him in your life. Many of the little things in your life are there because you never made that connection. You don't trust him. Jesus, I should have looked that way when I said that. You don't really trust him. You trust him, but you don't really trust him because you trust him as long as things are good. Easy to trust him then, isn't it? I'm trusting God for finances. I just got $100,000. Right. Well, you don't have to trust him then. You got $100,000. You better trust him of what to do with. See, you got bigger problems now than you had when you didn't have any money. Because you put here to be a manager here on the earth realm. So now you got to manage 100000 That $10 was easy to manage. But now 100000 everything you get is management. And all your growth comes and everything in your life comes from being faithful with little you get much. See? So, so he's given me a wife. I want to be faithful there. And since I have, I've been getting much. Hallelujah. Some of that went right over your head, praise God, this morning. Thank God that Coffee House, thank God Coffee House put everybody to sleep because that went right over everybody's head. 
You got kids. I mean, you sow it into your kids. You, you'll get much in return. You sow into your job. You'll get something in return. He never put you there to be the meek, mild worker anyway. He put you there to take over the job, take over the business, become the CEO, become the whatever. Be, that's what he wants you to do. He wants all his kingdom people in a position where they can infect as many people as they can with the kingdom of God and bring them into a connection. But you can't connect somebody that you're not connected to. You need a connection. You need an experience. You need something to happen. Was I looking for an experience? I was looking for something, but I don't know what it was. But when I got it, I knew what it was. I knew what had happened. And backsliding has never been a question mark with me. Am I going to backslide? Am I not? Am I going to have an affair like some pastors? Am I going to run away with the money like some pastors? People, uh, well, that's what I'm fighting. Well, then get out of the ministry. I'm sorry, get out of the ministry until you fill your void with God, then get back in the ministry so you can fill some other people, their void with God. Because if you're dealing with that stuff, you haven't filled your void yet. You don't even want that stuff if you filled your void. Only if you're in a world messing around and you've never made that connection with him. That's not even, like, like Ted sings sometimes, ain't it great to be a pastor, ain't it great? And I'll tell you what, it is great if you know what you're doing. It is great if you've got a connection. It is great if you know the peace of God and the power of God's in your life. It is great. But most pastors sing right along with him. Ain't it great to be a pastor? Ain't it great? I got an opportunity. We went to something last night. I got to talk to a guy who's 21 years old who's studying to go in the ministry now, studying with the Assemblies of God. He was there. And he, of course, he wanted to talk about everything. You know, when you find somebody who really is seeking a connection and seeking God and seeking the truth, when they find someone who's older than them who's been around, they'll come after you and suck everything you got out of you. Do you understand? If it's somebody just playing church and trying to get a diploma and trying to be this or that, they'll just say, how you doing, sir? Good to see you, Mr. Minister. Nice to talk to you. But this guy could tell was hungry because he started quest- questions. Bang, 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 bang. I'm in the ministry. What happens here? What happens here? What happens here? What assembly was God? I'm with the assembly. Should I stay with the assembly? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I mean, it was just question after question after question after question. So I simply gave him my phone number. I said, hey, it's loud in here. They're doing the hoochie coochie up there dancing. <laughs> I can't hear every other word that you're saying, for God's sakes. I, if you want to talk to me, I've got to be able to converse with you. So praise God. Here's my phone number. You know, give me a call anytime. Check it out. I'll tell you what I know. I don't know everything, but I do know a few things. And, you know, but I could tell he was hungry. When you get around hungry people, they'll take about all of God you have on the inside of you out of you. Well, I found out it's the same way in my life. When I get hungry for God... I take out of God as much as I can take out of God. It's like a refilling. It's like pulling up to the gas pump and pumping that fuel back in there. It's like a joy comes back in, a peace comes back in, a righteousness grows in the inside of you. And all at once on the inside, you're about ready to explode spiritually. And man, you feel the presence of God and you know his presence and you know he's got this set. You know he's going to take care of this. You know that you're doing things right. And all this stuff works out for you. But you got to have the connection. If you're going to get times of refreshing, you've got to have a time of refreshing. And I'm not telling anybody that they're going to hell. I'm not telling anybody who hears this tape that they're going to hell. I'm just saying there's a connection there for you. And I'll tell you, when you step into the connection like that, it becomes heaven on earth. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It's not just an Our Father prayer. It becomes a real thing for you. And you find out you've got access to everything right here that you have up there when you get there. Because you're a citizen here. You belong here. This is your citizenship. Why do people die and go to hell? They don't have no passport. Come on, you try to go to a foreign country right now without a passport, I guarantee you ain't going to get in. 
So if you don't get your passport to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you die, you're not going to get in because you ain't got the passport. It's the same way. It's just like the natural realm in some ways, even though it's a spiritual realm. So people got to have their passport. But I'm telling you, that there's a connection you can make with God that just, you know, I, I believe David had that connection to write the Psalms that he wrote. You know, he almost had to have that connection in order to do that with the Spirit of God on him. I mean, you read one psalm and he's just dancing in the street, and the next psalm, it's like a steamroller ran over the top of him. Do you ever read psalms? My God, you think 14 different people wrote them, but it was him the whole time. But there's one thing about David. Every time he started talking about getting beat up, getting kicked down, getting beat up, all at once, the next verse says, but I praise the Lord, praise God, and glorified his name in that situation. I rejoiced in the Lord with all my heart. So he never stays there, thank God. That should tell us not to stay there. Right. Say, so you've got to bring yourself back up. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself out of it. We sing the song, Prophesy. You need to prophesy to you. I can't wait till I start prophesying in church. We'll start with you. Because you could use some words of prophecy yourself, praise God. Pull one out of the Bible, praise God. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I am anointed. I never worry. I'm never fearful. I walk in the power of God. But all I want is to seek Him more and more. I want to know Him better every single day of my life. Whether I go broke, I still want to know Him better. If I sick and die, I want to know, be- I want to, I want to know Him more and more every day of my life. I want to seek Him only. Seek not only His kingdom, but the King Himself, and all these things will be... It'll just be added to you. Christianity is so simple as long as it doesn't get religitized to where it gets into your works and gets into the things you want to do. But I'm telling you this morning, I'm sure in my heart, I want to be giving you this morning, the Lord wouldn't have dropped it into my heart this morning, there's a connection for you. There's a connection for your life. And if you made a connection, you need to keep connecting more and more because there's going to be more and more times of refreshing in your life. The question is, do you ever feel the presence of God? I know people have been saved for 20 years and they never felt the presence of God one time in their life. Well, I got to question their connection then. You know, if he's all powerful, almighty, the most powerful being on the world, you'd think if you plugged your finger in, something would happen. Come on. You know, go stand over there and put your finger in the light socket. See what happens. I mean, you know, there'll be a reaction, won't there? Well, I don't believe there's electricity in there. Well, lick your finger and stick it in there. And then tell me what you believe. You're going to believe in the power, aren't you? Can't see it, but you know there's something in that wall. Well, it's the same way with God. There's a connection that can be made there, and it's been, it's been available for each and every one of us, praise God. It's a wonderful place to be, a wonderful place to live. It's a wonderful connection in your life, but it's something you've got to desire. Don't become complacent. Well, I've been going to church now 20 years. We do it on Sunday because it's Sunday, and that's what we do because, you know, Cracker Barrel's open at noon, and we can get there and eat afterwards, and everything works out real good. And well, we don't matter to go Wednesday night because we're already going to heaven. What the heck about that? We don't really care about that either, so it don't make any difference. And, uh, you know, you get in these ruts to where you're just going through the motions of being a Christian or being someone spiritual. But temptation shouldn't bother you at all, praise God, if you're walking with a connection with God. These things that other people fall on and have trouble with, you're there to make sure that they don't do that, not to disconnect. I mean, you know that Peter was trying to connect to his best with God. I mean, he was in a boat, and God came along, Jesus came along and said, come. Jesus is walking on the water. I mean, you know, he tried to connect. He stepped out. The Bible says he was walking on the water. How I many you know that's pretty good. How I many you ever walked on the water? All right, well, then Peter's ahead of you, isn't he? But then what happened? A little wave came up, a little wind came up, and all at once it was... He was going down, wasn't he? Yeah. Why is that? Because he disconnected with that experience. And that experience wasn't enough for him because then he was one who said, Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And what did Peter say? 
Not me. Praise God. If all of them leave you, my name's Peter. And I'm going to stay with you until a little servant girl showed up. Come on, not Caesar, not anybody. A little servant girl. You look like you've been with him before. Him? Who? Ah, who? Ah, don't know him. And you look at it, he even left the apostles at that time. Do you know that? Because Jesus said, go tell the apostles and Peter to meet me in Galilee. Why? Because he was disconnected from the, he didn't say bring the apostles and Peter. Why? Because Peter gave up. He said, man, if I, this ain't going to work. And it's not going to work till you make a connection. It's not going to work until that happens in your life. But once that connection takes place, your Christianity is going to get a lot easier in your life. Life is going to get a lot easier in your life. But it's a connection that God wants to make, I'm almost sure, with each and every one of us in our life. Just from what I know of him and what I know of me, I believe that he wants to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's something you've got to want, something you've got to desire in your life in order to step into that thing. Don't become complacent. Don't become satisfied with what's happened in your life, what's going on in your life. You know, I got touched 22 years ago. You know, God sort of loves me, I think. And I got blessed one time and I had a miracle one time. No, no, it's an everyday thing. I mean, when you get to heaven, you're going to be doing the same thing. You're going to be loving him. You'll know him a lot better. Everything else won't be temptations and stuff. But now's the day for a connection. So I pray for a time of time for each and every person here. I pray for a time, a time connection in your life. Just close your eyes for a second. Okay, Father, you messed up my sermon this morning by giving me this through your Holy Spirit. So basically you brought it to us because you want it confirmed through the Spirit of the living God. So Holy Ghost, I pray you live on the inside of each and every person here. I would ask, first of all, if they don't have a hunger for this connection, that you would put it on the inside of them right now in Jesus' name. That you would go back to the place of their void, that you would stir it up, that whatever's in that void you reveal to them so they could get it out of their life to open up that hole for the Spirit of God and a connection with you. Holy Ghost, I ask you for the hunger to increase in each and every heart here. I pray this morning that you would move in the hearts of your people this morning to draw them into the place. Lead them and guide them into the truth. Lead them and guide them into your Father alone, and that's it. Nothing else, not the ways of this world, not the things of this world, not the possessions of this world, nothing but to you. I pray, Father, with all my heart this morning in Jesus' name for a closer relationship on the inside of each and every person in this place this morning. Holy Ghost, don't let them get away with it. Don't let them blow this off. Don't let them step to the side. I pray you just continue and continue and continue and continue to bring up scriptures to remind them, to lead them, to guide them, to comfort them, to fire them up on the inside, Father. And I thank you for connections starting today, right now, in Jesus' name. I thank you for connections during this week, connections when they wake up in the morning, connections when they go to bed at night, connections whatever they do in their lives. In Jesus' name, I just ask for a deeper connection for each and every person here. Make yourself real real to each and every person in this place. Take heaven out of their minds and a kingdom life into their hearts so that they understand that they are here with a purpose and with a plan that you want them to do and working for you is the best job in the whole wide world. Holy Spirit, I thank you in Jesus' name that you're going to do what I asked this morning and I give you praise and glory and honor for each and every change in each and every person this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.